0: Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. This podcast is where we read spooky scary stories and some true crime stories. We want you to be able to have great stories to read when you're around a campfire with your friends. We want to read spooky stories that send chills up your spine. There is not enough podcast that do this and so we wanted to create a podcast that reads fun spooky stories and most of them are real we also read true crimes crimes that are going on now and we read all information so you get the whole scoop on the crimes going on today stay tuned and enjoy the podcast Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to our podcast. Our podcast is made from Anchor. Make sure you check them out because they help you make podcasts in an easy, fun way. They let your podcast be distributed to all podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. Grow a following and get sponsorships from Anchor as well. Make your own podcast and make your podcast grow. Go check out Anchor. A N C H O R. That's Anchor. Go check them out. Thank you, Anchor, for helping us make this podcast. Hey, y'all, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Lillian and I am so excited for this podcast and I am very excited. It's Monday and what better way to start off your Monday than with a bang. Today we are going to be reading one scary short story. But we are also going to be digging in to Gabby Petito's mysterious murder or death. And we are going to dig into it and read everything about it all the key points all the events that happened the timeline of events and we are going to take a look at the mysterious true crime of her death so let's get into this podcast thank you so much for listening and being here for this podcast we want to say thank you to you for listening um i realize that there's not enough podcasts that share scary stories or true crime well a lot of true crime crime, but not many spooky little short stories. So I thought, hey, how about I do it? Um, If you're listening on Spotify, comment on this video, the jack-o'-lantern emoji. So we know that you listened and that you are here from Spotify. Thank you so much. And um, let's go ahead and get into the story. Grab your popcorn. Um, If you were at work, go ahead, put your headphones on. Get into the zone because getting yourself into the zone makes it so much easier and spookier. So if you're working, doing school, whatever, go ahead, get into the zone, and we're going to start the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get into it. Okay, so today's podcast, we're going to be reading about Gabby. Petito's mysterious death and the timeline everything also if I pronounced her name wrong I'm so sorry and a quick disclaimer um I'm trying not to give my opinion on this I'm not doing this to you know give my opinions or whatever I'm doing this so you guys can know the true story and the timeline I know so many people are like I've seen it on the news but all I saw on the news was that They found her body, and they found, you know, her fiancé's body. But what really happened? What exactly happened? And so I know a lot of people don't have time to read through a whole couple paragraphs of story. And so if you're driving down the road, if you are at work trying to get your work done, and you just want to know about what happened to her, this is going to explain it. Um, Also, if I miss any key points, let me know. I tried to look through all the information did lots of research. And so I'm going to be reading all the exact points from this timeline. Also, if you wanted to me to do a podcast on the Murdoch Murders, let me know. And I can read about them too. I've done research on them. And then at the end of this podcast, I will be sharing a spooky little story. So go ahead and we are going to get into the story. So Gabby Petito... Um, was all over the news this past summer, and still all over the news. I saw on the news last night that um, her fiance's body was found. But we'll get to that later. So we're gonna start from the very first timeline that we know. That was July second, two thousand twenty, and that was when they got engaged. So exactly one year before they started their cross country trip, Gabby Petito announced that she was engaged to Brian Laundry. Again, if I said his name wrong or her name, I apologize. Um, it's Monday, and I apologize. It's not my attention, so don't think I'm doing it on purpose. I'm not doing it on purpose. So that was in July 2020, and this is December 11th in 2020, and that is when they purchased a van. Gabby announced on Instagram that they had purchased a garden on wheels. New van means new adventures. Then on July 2nd, 2021, Petito and Laundrie depart. The couple had been to Blue Point, New York, where Petito is originally from, to celebrate her younger brother's graduation from high school. They departed New York on July 2nd on a planned four-month cross-country journey. According to the Petito family attorney, the pair had gotten engaged but postponed their wedding plans because of covid and decided to take a trip instead, which, aka, so many people have had to postpone their weddings, and I feel sorry, but I also feel like everybody, everything happens for a reason, um, and also, I think people were supposed to get married, and they postponed their wedding, and then so many people were like, you know, you're really not the one, and then they realized that they didn't really love that person, which is sad, but it's also like, would you rather gotten married and then have to figure it out later, and then get a divorce, you know, sorry, I'm off topic, <laughs> Okay, so they were driving Petito's white 2012 Ford Transit van, which according to one of Laundrie's posts on Instagram, they converted the interior that allowed them to camp and cook meals inside. Which, hello, that is so cool. I've seen so many things of like people making buses into that. That's cool. So, according to their social media post, they traveled from Florida to Kansas, Colorado, and Utah, touring and camping at several national parks and national attractions. The original report, um, L.I. Mom was desperately searching for her daughter who disappeared on a road trip. So, July 4th to August 11th, the attorney... So, according to Gabby's Instagram timeline, the couple stopped in these locations. July 4th, they were in Monument Rock, Kansas. July 8th, Colorado Springs, Colorado. July 10th, Great Sand Dunes National Parks and Preserves, Colorado. July 16th, Zion National Park, Utah. July 21st, Bryce Canyon National Park, Utah. July 26th, Mystic Hot Springs, Utah. July twenty ninth, Canyonlands National Park, Utah. August twelfth, Arches National Park in Utah. In August twelfth, they were in Moab City, Utah. In August, police had an encounter with Petito and Laundry, and the pair was described as having engaged in some sort of alteration. Alteration. Sorry. According to the report released by the Mob City Police Department. Officers were called reportedly of disorderly conduct and encountered Laundry and Petito's along with a witness, whose full name was redacted from the report. Laundry and Petito are described as having gotten into a physical fight following an argument. Both the male and female reported that they are in love and engaged to be married but desperately didn't wish to see anyone charged with a crime, according to the report from Officer Eric Pratt. Police later released body camera footage of officers' encounter with Petito and Laundry, during which Petito is emotional and crying throughout much of the video. There is a video you can watch. I will try to link it to this podcast, but if I can't figure it out, I'm sure you can look it up. But that does make you wonder, like, why is she crying? Was it really just a fight, or was something about to happen to her, and she got the police? Crazy. Laundry says the couple got into a mi- a minor scuffle that began when he climbed into the van with dirty feet. But Tito admits that she slapped Laund- Laundry Landry. I'm sorry, guys. When she thought he was going to leave her and mob, as the couple also states that Landry did not hit Petito. Laundry has visible scratches on his arms, face, and neck. Police took photos of his injuries. Petito was nearly arrested. But since both parties said they were in love and didn't want charges pressed, the couple agreed to separate for the night. Laundrie was put up in a hotel by a domestic assault outreach group. Police body cam shows Gabby Petito, fiance, after 911, call August 17th to 23rd. And again, that was August 17th to 23rd, Brian flies to Florida. Brian's family attorney, Steve, confirms that Brian flew home to Tampa from Salt Lake City on August 17th and flew back to Salt Lake City on August 23rd to rejoin Gabby. His attorney says Brian flew home to obtain some items and empty and close the couple's storage unit to save money because they were going to extend the road trip. His attorney says the couple paid for the flights together as they were sharing expenses. August 27th, flight at Wyoming restaurant. A woman named Dina Cecile Angelo took her Instagram saying she witnessed Gabby and Brian getting into an explosive argument at the Mary Piglet restaurant in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. She said Brian was screaming at the hostess, and Petito was in tears and apologizing. It looked as like they were getting almost kicked out, Angela told in ABC News. It wasn't necessarily between them. It was more so Gabby abruptly leaving the restaurant crying and Brian was just evidently really upset or pissed off, I would say. I would say Gabby was upset he was angry, and he was just being very temperamental towards the restaurant staff. Angelo said Brian was also very visibly angry, and Petito seemed distraught. This is the last known sighting of the couple together. Oh, my gosh. Okay. What? What? Oh, can you, that, oh my gosh, that really is just like a horror movie, like, or not, just like a crazy mystery, like they were fighting, and then that is the last time people saw them together, that is crazy, like, did he get really angry at her, and then did something to her, we'll never know, but the pieces are kind of going together, but there's also lots of twists and turns making this story absolutely crazy. If you guys have gotten this far in the story, congratulations and thank you so much for listening. Comment a fun emoji so we know that you've made it this far. Also, comment what other true crimes you want us to go over or spooky stories. And again, this podcast was made with Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. You can download the free app in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Thank you so much for listening and we really appreciate you guys. On August 30th, the last communication with their family. Petito's mother, Nicole Schmidt. I'm not even going to share that. Of course, I'm so bad with pronouncing names. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, that was August 30th. And her mom said that the last text message she, re- she received from her daughter came on August 30th. She said she was unsure if it was her daughter who actually sent those text messages. According to a warrant filed by Northport Police Department weeks later, a detective wrote that Petito's mother received an odd text from Gabby. The text message read, Can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. The reference to Stan was regarding her grandfather, but per the mother, she never calls him Stan. The mother was concerned that something was wrong with her daughter. Her family said the final message was not normal behavior for Petito, and they became more worried about her, according to the police statement. On September 1st, Brian returns to Northport. Brian allegedly returned to Northport home he and Petito shared with his parents on September 1st. Police said he had driven the van there and Petito was not with him. September 11th, The family reports to Gabby is missing. Petito's family reported her missing to the Suffolk County Police Department in New York at approximately 6.55 p.m. When police in Florida knocked on Brian's door that night, his parents handed them a lawyer's phone number. We don't know what Brian knows. That's the bottom line, Taylor said. We are hopeful to talk to him, but he needs to talk to us. We need to know exactly where he was where she was, their last locations, and the fact that he was back here for 10 days. Again, the family reported her missing 10 days later. Their van was processed for evidence, and Taylor said there were some materials that will be investigated further. On September 15th, Brian was named person of interest. On Wednesday, Brian was officially named a person of interest in Petito's disappearance. Northport Police said he was hindering the investigation. Brian has not made himself available to be interviewed by investigators or he did not even provide any helpful details his attorney issued that the following statement on behalf of his client addressing Laundrie's silence many people are wondering why Mr. Laundry would not be making a statement or speak of law enforcement in the face of Miss Petito's absence. In my experience, intimate partners are often the first person law enforcements focus their attention on and in cases like this, and the warning that any statement made will be used against you is true, regardless of whether my client had anything to do with Miss Petito's disappearance. As such on the evidence of counsel, mister Laundrie is not speaking on the matter. I have been informed that Northport, Florida police have named Brian Laundrie as person of interest. In this matter, this this formality had not really changed the circumstances of Mr. Landry being the focus of attention and law enforcement. And Mr. Landry will continue to remain silent on the advice of counsel. And this this was a headline. September 16th, the North Pole Press Conference with Father. Petito family letter. Police in Northport held a news conference during which Petito's father begged her safe return and Laundrie to speak and stop hiding, hindering the investigation. Later, the Petito family attorney read aloud a letter to to Landry's parents pleading for their son to speak about Gabby's disappearance. On September 16th and 17th, Landry's sister speaks to Good Morning America. Hours after, the family of a 22-year-old, Gabby Petito, issued a statement to their family of her fiancé, begging for information in her disappearance. Brian's sister, Cassie Landry, broke her silence on an exclusive interview with GMA. Obviously, me and my family want Gabby to be found safe, she said. She's like a sister, and my children love her. And all I want is for her to come home safe and found, and this is just a big misunderstanding. On September 17th, no connection to double homicide case. Despite earlier speculation, authorities in Utah announced Friday that Petito's case has no connection and is not related to the double homicide case involving Crystal Turner and Kaylin Schlut. Also on September 17th, the Landry family reports Brian Landry as missing. Police said Landry's attorney contacted authorities Friday because the family wanted to discuss his disappearance. They claimed they had not seen Brian since Tuesday. Police removed items from Landry's house to assist the search for him. According to his attorney Steve, and authorities said on Twitter that this was the first time the Landry family had spoken. With details following the case they said brian is a person of interest in gabby's disappearance but they are not currently working a crime investigation on september 18th there was a dual search for petito and landry police searched a vast florida wildlife reserve on saturday for 23 year old brian landry Person of interest in the disappearance of his girlfriend, Gabrielle Gabby Petito. While across the country the FBI hunted for clues about the missing woman. The search was called off Saturday night by North Pole Northport Police due to darkness. They say nothing was found. Meanwhile, the FBI in Denver said Saturday that agents were conducting ground surveys at Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming, with help from the National Park Service and local law enforcement agencies seeking clues to Petito's disappearance. Her last known contact with family members was from the National Park, known for its mountainous terrain. On September 19th, Petito's body was found in Wyoming. Petito's body was discovered in Wyoming. The FBI said she was found by law enforcement agents who had spent the past two days searching campgrounds. An FBI agent said the case of death to be not yet determined. Petito's family was notified. Her father tre- tweeted a short time later. Hashtag Gabby Petito. On September 20th, the Landry family had their home searched. Police and FBI agents armed with special warrant. The FBI escorted Landry's parents out of their home into a waiting van in their driveway at 10 a.m. They were in the car for about 10 minutes before going back inside. Investigators were inside the home with the family all day. Around 2.30 in the afternoon, they towed Landry's silver Mustang from the driveway. They also removed evidence boxes. The search warrant indicated they were looking for Landry's computer. Landry and Petito had been living with his parents before making the trek. On September 21st, the autopsy confirms that the body that was found was Gabby Petito's body. Teton County. Coroner Dr. Brent Blue's initial determination is Petito's death was a homicide. The cause of death remains pending. Final autopsy results. Investigators returned to Massive Florida National Preserve to search for Landry on Tuesday. He remains at large. And on September 22nd, divers joined the search for Landry. Search teams returned to a Florida national park to look for Landry. Northport Police Spokesperson Joshua Taylor says the search resumed around 8 a.m. Wednesday at the 24,000-acre Wildness park. Investigators say Brand Laundry's parents told them he had gone there after returning home without Petito on September first. A dive team joined the search, which includes thousands of acres of forbidden, swampy subtropical, tarian, replete with alligators, snakes, turkey, deer, and other wild creatures. There are more than 100 miles of hiking and horseback riding trails. And on September 23rd, a arrest warrant was issued for Landry. A federal arrest was issued in connection with his activity after the death of Gabby Petito. The U.S. Direct Court of Wyoming issued the warrant and in indictment on Wednesday related to Landry's unauthorized use of a Capital One debit card with, and pin cone with intent to defraud between August 30th and September 1st in Wyoming and elsewhere with a value of $1,000 or more. Meanwhile, a fifth day of searching at a massive wilderness park in Florida yielded no results. In the manhunt for laundry. September 25th, a reward was offered for Landry's arrest. As the search for Brian stretches into a second week, two separate rewards totaling $30,000 have been offered to anyone who provides law enforcement officials with Landry's whereabouts. Mountainers pay respect to Gabby Petito. On September 26th, lines of mountaineers pay their respects on Sunday for Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old whose death on a cross-country trip has sparked a manhunt for her boyfriend. She was a beautiful soul. She was full of life, always smiling, said a friend of Petito's mother, Nicole. Two fire trucks were positioned, one on either side, of the funeral home. Each with its ladder extended and a line of firefighters was seen filing into the building. Across the street, a chain-length fence was ignored with posters featuring Petito's image and messages, such as, She Touched the World. And on September 27th, Landry's parents speak out. The parents of Brian say they do not know where their son is and that they hope that the FBI can locate them. The statement from their attorney came as the FBI said Monday they will dial down the large scale search efforts for Gabby Petito's fiance as the manhunt enters a second week. Authorities collected personal items from Brian's home in Florida in hopes they can use DNA samples to help solve the case. And on September 29th, Petito's family holds a news conference. Her parents and step-parents showed tattoos designed by Gabby with sayings like, let it be, and believe, that they had done in her memory. They avoided answering some questions, particularly about Brian Landry. Their lawyer was adamant that Landry's parents would provide no help finding Gabby, so they were expecting no help from them finding Brian. And on September 30th, FBI returns to Brian's home in Florida. They were looking in the camper and going into the home, according to reporters on the scene. The attorney for Landry's family said that the FBI is collecting some personal items that belonged to Brian. According to the attorney at the time, there is nothing more to this. And on September 30th, ABC News obtains phone call records. They obtained 46 pages of records from Northport Police for calls of service at the Landry home, from September 10th to September 27th. Police say they were not 911 calls, and some were initiated by police officers. Two calls were made on September 10th, the day before Gabby Petito's parents reported her missing, and three calls were made on September 11th, the day she was reported missing. There is no information on who those calls may have been regarded to. October 1st, a new body cam video of Gabby Petito was released. When they were back on the road in August, Petito looked at visible bruises on her body as the officer questioned her while she sat in the vehicle. October 5th, Gabby's family speaks out on social media. Gabby Petito's family joined Twitter Saturday to post emotional messages in tribute to the 22-year-old, including calls from her fiancé, Brian, to surrender to the police. Petito's mother, Nicole, wrote on Twitter, Mama Bear's getting angry. Turn yourself in. October 5th, Cassie Landry pleads for brother to return home. Brian's sister, Cassie, spoke out executively to ABC News in the wake of her brother's disappearance and following the death of his fiancée, Gabby Petito. Cassie says the last time she saw her brother at the Florida campsite with her family days before he was reported missing. She said she had no idea anything was amiss and didn't realize at the time that he had returned home from his road trip without Petito. I really wish he had come to me the first day with the van because I don't think we'd be here, she said. I worry about him. I hope he's okay. And then I'm angry. I don't know what to think. She pleaded with him to come forward. I would tell my brother just to come forward and get us out of this horrible mess, she said. October 7th, Brian's dad joins the search. They were searching and looking for connections with Gabby's case. Law enforcement says Chris wanted to direct them within their reserve to a spot where he claims Brian might be hiding. attorney released a statement saying Chris was asked to point out any favorite trails or sports that Brian may have used at the preserve. Although Chris and Laundrie provided this information three weeks ago, it announced that one-side assistant may be better. The preserve had been closed to the public and Landry as well, but the parents had been cooperating since the search began. October 12th. Corner says Gabby Petito was strangled as the autopsy results of Gabby Petito were announced that she died from being strangled. He said her estimated time of death is believed to be three to four weeks from the time her body was found. On October seventeenth, Gabby Petito's foundation holds the first fundraiser on Long Island. This is a mission statement for, for the Gabby Petito Foundation. Sunday's fundraiser raised 13700 for the foundation, the family attorney said. And on October 20th, a medical examiner was called to the park. Brian's parents, along with the FBI and local authorities, found some items belonging to Brian off the trail that he went frequently. October 20th, possible human remains were found. Investigators have recovered what appears to be human remains at a Florida preserve near backpack and a notebook belonging to Brian. The FBI confirmed new details in Florida on Wednesday. Is it Brian's body or is he still out there? Back to the story, on October 21st, Brian's remains were confirmed. The Landry family attorney, Steve, released the following statements. Chris and Roberta Landry had been informed that the remains found yesterday in the reserve are indeed Brian's. We have no further comment at this time and we ask you to respect their family privacy at this time. As the development brings to a close, a massive five-week search for the man sought a person of interest in Petito's murder. And this is from the Petito family attorney. Gabby's family is not doing interviews or making a statement at this time. They are grieving the loss of their beautiful daughter. Gabby's family will make a statement at the appropriate time when they are emotionally ready. That is all we know now about Gabby Petito's death and what really happened between her and Brian. Was he the one who strangled her? Or was it someone else? We are all dying to know what really happened, but this timeline sums it up pretty good. This is all of the in-death information that we know around the case of Gabby, Petito, and Brian Laundrie's death. As they are still investigating, both of them are now dead. And Gabby's seem to be on purpose. But by who? That is the end of this true crime case. We will release more updates as we get them. And again... This is what happened to Gabby Petito. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Case. And we are so excited for this next part of the podcast because guess what? It is time for a spooky story. Halloween is in less than a week. And we are so excited. It is oh, I'm yawning. oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Um, Again, I was like, there's not enough podcasts. With just some spooky stories, so we're gonna read one to you. If you guys have any spooky stories, please comment them, or comment that, um, or comment your email so we can email you, and then you can email us your story because we really want some real good spooky stories that happen to you or to your friends. So comment that, and then we will get that. So um, we are gonna be reading about the the um the mysterious man in my backyard and just a disclaimer this is not from me this is not in my backyard aka this is a story that somebody has sent in so no it is not my backyard so we're gonna go ahead and get into it hey guys i just wanted to say i'm in love when you guys read scary stories you should do them, like, once a month. Anyways, this is a bone-chilling scary story that happened to me, and you can say my name. Alyssa. Aw, oh, thank you for saying that, and um, I'm sure we'll be doing them a lot more than once a month. We were going to be doing them, like, um, just for October, but you know what? I'm going to do them all the time because I love it. So thank you, Alyssa, for sharing your story, and we're going to go ahead and get into it. Guys, let me tell you, when I read this, I was like, oh, my gosh. There's a difference between reading stories like this and then reading stories that you just find on Google because, like, this just makes it more real and more like, oh, my gosh, like, that happened. Like, what? So thank you, Alyssa, for sending in your story. And we're going to go ahead and read the story. Let's get into it. I love the fall. I love the fall air. Bonfires crunchy leaves, and sweater, sweater, excuse me, sweater weather. Guys, I've been reading so much, my words are just slurring together. I apologize. I especially love late nights in my backyard around our fire pit, but now I don't. It all started when I invited a couple of my friends over for an outdoor fire pit and dinner party. We were all sitting outside around the fire pit, and it was pitch dark outside. We were all talking and laughing at each other's lame jokes when we heard something. Something so startling that we all looked at each other right in the eye. We turned on the flashlight on our phones and was shining them around the backyard. My friends shook it off, but for some reason, I just felt uneasy. Red flag, if you feel uneasy, easy, girl, you are probably right, because go with your gut. <laughs> go with your flipping gut. Oh, my gosh. I tried making excuses to get them to go inside, but nothing worked. So I went inside alone. About 30 minutes passed, and nothing was going on. So I decided to go back outside. So I went outside with the girls, and I still felt uneasy. I went outside and sat with my girls and still felt uneasy. I felt like someone or something was watching us. Then we heard a voice. sounded like a man. We didn't know what it was, but we were not going to find out. I finally convinced everyone to come inside. We went to open the door, but it was locked. Oh, my gosh. Of course it was locked. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> when I came out, I for sure did not lock it. We walked around front to see if the other door was unlocked, but it wasn't. So us girls were trapped outside while it was pitch dark, and we were hearing things. I started to think of where we could go. Then I remembered my mom's car keys were in my jacket pocket. So we all got in my mom's minivan and just waited. We were thinking about calling the cops. but My friends kept telling me, what are they going to do? My friends were saying, so we're just going to sit here all night? Just before they could finish talking, a shadow on the house appeared in front of us. Seconds later, an older man appeared in front of us. He was shining in the headlights. A man with fixed, unfixed hair, old jeans, and a ripped flannel. We called the cops a minute later, we heard sirens. Still standing was the older man. And then finally, he slowly started to walk away. Police started to investigate and found clothes and food near the creek down in the bottom of my backyard. He had apparently been watching everything me and my friends were doing. I still can't process what was happening. We don't know how long he had been there or what his intentions were. We haven't seen him since, and to this day, I do not go outside alone. Thank you so much for reading this, and if it's on the podcast, hey! Love you guys. XOXO, Alyssa. Um, Alyssa, girl, I would have been out of that house. Can you imagine? Like, it's one thing to, like, think somebody's watching you, but to, like, actually know that there's been somebody, like, staying in your backyard. No. No. That doesn't go well with me. At all. I hate that. No, I hate that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. No, I hate that. That is, oh, girl, you are strong because I would be freaking out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And, again, if you guys have any stories, make sure to share them with us. And thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Um, again, let us know what you want to see next, and we are so excited to be doing this podcast. Thank you, guys, and we will see you next week. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. This podcast is where we read spooky scary stories and some true crime stories. We want you to be able to have great stories to read when you're around a campfire with your friends. We want to read spooky stories that send chills up your spine. There is not enough podcasts that do this and so we wanted to create a podcast that reads fun spooky stories and most of them are real we also read true crimes crimes that are going on now and we read all information so you get the whole scoop on the crimes going on today stay tuned and enjoy the podcast Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to our podcast. Our podcast is made from Anchor. Make sure you check them out because they help you make podcasts in an easy, fun way. They let your podcast be distributed to all podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. Grow a following and get sponsorships from Anchor as well. Make your own podcast and make your podcast grow. Go check out Anchor. A N C H O R. That's Anchor. Go check them out. Thank you, Anchor, for helping us make this podcast. Hey, y'all, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Lillian, and I am so excited for this podcast, and I am very excited. It's Monday, and what better way to start off your Monday than with a bang? Today, we are going to be reading one scary short story, but we are also going to be digging in to Gabby Petito's mysterious murder or death, and we are going to dig into it and read everything about it, All the key points, all the events that happened, the timeline of events, and we are going to take a look at the mysterious true crime of her death. So, let's get into this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and being here for this podcast. We want to say thank you to you for listening. Um, I realize that there's not enough podcasts that share scary stories or true crime. Well, a lot of true crime, crime, but... Not many spooky little short stories. So I thought, hey, how about I do it? Um, If you're listening on Spotify, comment on this video, the jack-o'-lantern emoji. So we know that you listened and that you are here from Spotify. Thank you so much. And um, let's go ahead and get into the story. Grab your popcorn. Um, If you were at work, go ahead, put your headphones on. Get into the zone because getting yourself into the zone makes it so much easier and spookier. So if you're working, doing school, whatever, go ahead, get into the zone, and we're going to start the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get into it. Okay, so today's podcast, we're going to be reading about Gabby. Petito's mysterious death and the timeline everything also if I pronounced her name wrong I'm so sorry and a quick disclaimer um I'm trying not to give my opinion on this I'm not doing this to you know give my opinions or whatever I'm doing this so you guys can know the true story and the timeline I know so many people are like I've seen it on the news but all I saw on the news was that They found her body, and they found, you know, her fiancé's body. But what really happened? What exactly happened? And so I know a lot of people don't have time to read through a whole couple paragraphs of story. And so if you're driving down the road, if you are at work trying to get your work done, and you just want to know about what happened to her, this is going to explain it. Um, Also, if I miss any key points, let me know. I tried to look through all the information did lots of research, and so I'm going to be reading all the exact points from this timeline. Also, if you wanted to me to do a podcast on the Murdoch murders, let me know, and I can read about them too. I've done research on them, and then at the end of this podcast, I'll be sharing a spooky little story. So go ahead, and we are going to get into the story. So Gabby Petito is um, was all over the news this past summer and still all over the news i saw on the news last night that um her fiance's body was found but we'll get to that later so we're going to start from the very first timeline that we know that was july 2nd 2020 and that was when they got engaged so exactly one year before they started their cross-country trip gabby petito announced that she was engaged to brian laundry again if i said his name wrong or her name i apologize um, it's Monday, and I apologize. It's not my attention, so don't think I'm doing it on purpose. I'm not doing it on purpose. So that was in July 2020, and this is December 11th in 2020, and that is when they purchased a van. Gabby announced on Instagram that they had pur- purchased a garden on wheels. New van means new adventures. Then on July 2nd, 2021, Petito and Laundry depart. The couple had been to Blue Point, New York, where Petito is originally from, to celebrate her younger brother's graduation from high school. They departed New York on July 2nd on a planned four-month cross-country journey. According to the Petito family attorney, the pair had gotten engaged but postponed their wedding plans because of covid and decided to take a trip instead, which, aka, so many people have had to postpone their weddings, and I feel sorry, but I also feel like everybody, everything happens for a reason, Um, and also, I think people were supposed to get married, and they postponed their wedding, and then so many people were like, you know, you're really not the one, and then they realized that they didn't really love that person, which is sad, but it's also like, would you rather gotten married and then have to figure it out later, and then get a divorce? You know, sorry, I'm off topic. (laughs) Okay, so they were driving Petito's white 2012 Ford Transit van, which according to one of Laundrie's posts on Instagram, they converted the interior that allowed them to camp and cook meals inside. Which, hello, that is so cool. I've seen so many things of like people making buses into that. That's cool. So, according to their social media post, they traveled from Florida to Kansas, Colorado, and Utah, touring and camping at several national parks and national attractions. The original report, um, L.I. Mom was desperately searching for her daughter who disappeared on a road trip. So, July 4th to uh, August 11th, the attorney... So, according to Gabby's Instagram timeline, the couple stopped in these locations. July 4th, they were in Monument Rock, Kansas. July 8th, Colorado Springs, Colorado. July 10th, Great Sand Dunes National Parks and Preserves, Colorado. July 16th, Zion National Park, Utah. July 21st, Bryce Canyon National Park, Utah. July 26th, Mystic Hot Springs, Utah. July twenty ninth, Canyonlands National Park, Utah. August twelfth, Arches National Park in Utah. In August twelfth, they were in Moab City, Utah. In August, police had an encounter with Petito and Laundry, and the pair was described as having engaged in some sort of alliteration. Alteration. Sorry. According to the report released by the Mob City Police Department. Officers were called reportedly of disorderly conduct and encountered Laundry and Petito's along with a witness whose full name was redacted from the report. Laundrie and Petito are described as having gotten into a physical fight following an argument. Both the male and female reported that they are in love and engaged to be married but desperately didn't wish to see anyone charged with a crime, according to the report from Officer Eric Pratt. Police later released body camera footage of officers' encounter with Petito and Laundry, during which Petito is emotional and crying throughout much of the video. There is a video you can watch. I will try to link it to this podcast, but if I can't figure it out, I'm sure you can look it up. But that does make you wonder, like, why is she crying? Was it really just a fight, or was something about to happen to her, and she got the police? Crazy. Laundry says the couple got into a, mi- a minor scuffle that began when he climbed into the van with dirty feet. Petito admits that she slapped Laund- Laundry, Landry I'm sorry guys, when she thought he was going to leave her and mob, as the couple also states that Landry did not hit Petito. Laundry has visible scratches on his arms, face, and neck. Police took photos of his injuries. Petito was nearly arrested. But since both parties said they were in love and didn't want charges pressed, the couple agreed to separate for the night. Laundry was put up in a hotel by a domestic assault outreach group. Police body cam shows Gabby Petito's fiancé after... 911, call August 17th to 23rd. And again, that was August 17th to 23rd. Brian flies to Florida. Brian's family attorney, Steve, confirms that Brian flew home to Tampa from Salt Lake City on August 17th and flew back to Salt Lake City on August 23rd to rejoin Gabby. His attorney says Brian flew flew home to obtain some items and empty and close the couple's storage unit to save money because they were going to extend the road trip. His attorney says the couple paid for the flights together as they were sharing expenses. August 27th, flight at Wyoming Restaurant. A woman named Nina Cecile Angelo took her Instagram saying she witnessed Gabby and Brian getting into an explosive argument. At the Mary Piglet restaurant in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, she said Brian was screaming at the hostess and Petito was in tears and apologizing. It looked as like they were getting almost kicked out, Angela told in ABC News. It wasn't necessarily between them. It was more so Gabby abruptly leaving the restaurant crying and Brian was just evidently really upset or pissed off, I would say. I would say Gabby was upset he was angry, and he was just being very temperamental towards the restaurant staff. Angelo said Brian was also very visibly angry, and Petito seemed distraught. This is the last known sighting of the couple together. Oh my gosh. Okay. What? Uh, can you... That... Oh my gosh, that really is just like a horror movie. Like or not just like a crazy mystery, like they were fighting and then that is the last time people saw them together. That is crazy. Like, did he get really angry at her and then did something to her? We'll never know. But the pieces are kind of going together, but there's also lots of twists and turns making this story absolutely crazy. If you guys have gotten this far in the story, congratulations and thank you so much for listening. Comment a fun emoji so we know that you've made it this far. Also, comment what other true crimes you want us to go over or spooky stories. And, again, this podcast was made with Anchor. A-N-C-H-O-R. You can download the free app in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Thank you so much for listening and we really appreciate you guys. On August thirtieth, the last communication with their family, but Tito's mother, Nicole Schmidt, I'm not even oh, I'm not even gonna try that, of course, I'm so bad with pronouncing names, oh my gosh, so anyway, that was August thirtieth, and her mom said that the last text message she re- she received from her daughter came on August thirtieth. She said she was unsure if it was her daughter who actually sent those text messages. According to a warrant filed by Northport Police Department weeks later, a detective wrote that Petito's mother received an odd text from Gabby. The text message read, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. The reference to Stan was regarding her grandfather, but per the mother, she never calls him Stan. The mother was concerned that something was wrong with her daughter. Her family said the final message was not normal behavior for Petito, and they became more worried about her, according to the police statement. On september first, Brian returns to Northport. Brian allegedly returned to Northport home he and Petito shared with his parents on september first. Police said he had driven the van there and Petito was not with him. September eleventh, The family reports Gabby is missing. Petito's family reported her missing to the Suffolk County Police Department in New York at approximately 6.55 p.m. When police in Florida knocked on Brian's door that night, his parents handed them a lawyer's phone number. We don't know what Brian knows. That's the bottom line, Taylor said. We are hopeful to talk to him, but he needs to talk to us. We need to know exactly where he was where she was, their last locations, and the fact that he was back here for 10 days. Again, the family reported her missing 10 days later. Their van was processed for evidence, and Taylor said there were some materials that will be investigated further. On September 15th, Brian was named person of interest. On Wednesday, Brian was officially named a person of interest in Petito's disappearance. And Northport police said he was hindering the investigation. Brian has not made himself available to be interviewed by investigators, or he did not even provide any helpful details. His attorney issued that the following statement on behalf of his client, addressing Laundrie's silence. Many people are wondering why Mr. Laundrie would not be making a statement or speak of law enforcement in the face of Miss Petito's absence. In my experience, intimate partners are often the first person law enforcements focus their attention on and in cases like this, and the warning that any statement made will be used against you is true, regardless of whether my client had anything to do with Miss Petito's disappearance. As such on the evidence of counsel, mister Laundrie is not speaking on the matter. I have been informed that Northport Florida police have named Brian Laundrie as person of interest in this matter. This, form- tali- this formality had not really changed the circumstances of Mr. Landry being the focus of attention and law enforcement, and Mr. Landry will continue to remain silent on the advice of counsel. And this, were, this was a headline. September 16th, the North Pole Press Conference with Father Petito Family Letter. Police in Northport held a news conference during which Petito's father begged her safe return and Laundrie to speak and stop hiding, hindering the investigation. Later, the Petito family attorney read aloud a letter to to Landry's parents pleading for their son to speak about Gabby's disappearance. On September 16th and 17th, Landry's sister speaks to Good Morning America. Hours after, the family of a 22-year-old, Gabby Petito, issued a statement to their family of her fiancé, begging for information in her disappearance. Brian's sister, Cassie Landry, broke her silence on an exclusive interview with GMA. Obviously, me and my family want Gabby to be found safe, she said. She's like a sister, and my children love her, and all I want is for her to come home safe and found, and this is just a big misunderstanding. On September 17th, no connection to double homicide case. Despite earlier speculation, authorities in Utah announced Friday that Petito's case has no connection and is not related to the double homicide case involving Crystal Turner and Kaylin Schlute. Also on September 17th, the Landry family reports Brian Landry as missing. Police said Landry's attorney contacted authorities Friday because the family wanted to discuss his disappearance. They claimed they had not seen Brian since Tuesday. Police removed items from Landry's house to assist the search for him. According to his attorney Steve, and authorities said on Twitter that this was the first time the Landry family had spoken with details following the case they said brian is a person of interest in gabby's disappearance but they are not currently working a crime investigation on september 18th there was a dual search for petito and landry police searched a vast florida wildlife reserve on saturday for 23 year old brian landry person of interest in the disappearance of his girlfriend, Gabrielle Gabby Petito. While across the country, the FBI hunted for clues about the missing woman. The search was called off Saturday night by North North Northport, Police due to darkness. They say nothing was found. Meanwhile, the FBI in Denver said Saturday that agents were conducting ground surveys at Grand... Heaton National Park in Wyoming with help from the National Park Service and local law enforcement agencies seeking clues to Petito's disappearance. Her last known contact with family members was from the National Park, known for its mountainous terrain. On September nineteenth, Petito's body was found in Wyoming. Petito's body was discovered in Wyoming. The FBI said she was found by law enforcement agents who had spent the past two days searching campgrounds. An FBI agent said the case of death to be not yet determined. Petito's family was notified. Her father tre- tweeted a short time later. Gabby Petito. On September 20th, the Landry family had their home searched. Police and FBI agents armed with special warrant. The FBI escorted Landry's parents out of their home into a waiting van in their driveway at 10 a.m. They were in the car for about 10 minutes before going back inside. Investigators were inside the home with the family all day. Around 2.30 in the afternoon, they towed Landry's silver Mustang from the driveway. They also removed evidence boxes. The search warrant indicated they were looking for Landry's computer. Landry and Petito had been living with his parents before making the trek. On September 21st, the autopsy confirms that the body that was found was Gabby Petito's body. Teton County. Coroner, Dr. Brent Blue's initial determination is Petito's death was a homicide. The cause of death remains pending. Final autopsy results. Investigators returned to Massive Florida National Preserve to search for Landry on Tuesday. He remains at large. And on September 22nd, divers joined the search for Landry. Search teams returned to a Florida National Park to look for Landry. Northport police spokesperson Joshua Taylor says the search resumed around 8 a.m. Wednesday at the twenty-four thousand acre wildness park. Investigators say Brand Laundry's parents told them he had gone there after returning home without Petito on September first. A dive team joined the search, which includes thousands of acres of forbidden swampy subtropical, tarian, replete with alligators, snakes, turkey, deer, and other wild creatures. There are more than 100 miles of hiking and horseback riding trails. And on September 23, a arrest warrant was issued for Landry. A federal arrest was issued in connection with his activity after the death of Gabby Petito. The U.S. Direct Court of Wyoming issued the warrant and in indictment on Wednesday related to Landry's unauthorized use of a Capital One debit card with, and pin cone with intent to defraud between August 30th and September 1st in Wyoming and elsewhere with a value of $1,000 or more. Meanwhile, a fifth day of searching at a massive wilderness park in Florida yielded no results. In the manhunt for laundry. September 25th, a reward was offered for Landry's arrest. As the search for Brian stretches into a second week, two separate rewards totaling $30,000 have been offered to anyone who provides law enforcement officials with Landry's whereabouts. Mountainers pay respect to Gabby Petito. On September 26th, lines of mountaineers pay their respects on Sunday for Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old whose death on a cross-country trip has sparked a manhunt for her boyfriend. She was a beautiful soul. She was full of life, always smiling, said a friend of Petito's mother, Nicole. Two fire trucks were positioned, one on either side, of the funeral home. Each with its ladder extended and a line of firefighters was seen filing into the building. Across the street, a chain-length fence was ignored with posters featuring Petito's image and messages, such as, She Touched the World. And on September 27th, Landry's parents speak out. The parents of Brian say they do not know where their son is and that they hope that the FBI can locate them. The statement from their attorney came as the FBI said Monday they will dial down the large-scale search efforts for Gabby Petito's fiance as the manhunt enters a second week. Authorities collected personal items from Brian's home in Florida in hopes they can use DNA samples to help solve the case. And On September 29th, Petito's family held a news conference. Her parents and step-parents showed tattoos designed by Gabby with sayings like, let it be, and believe, that they had done in her memory. They avoided answering some questions, particularly about Brian Landry. Their lawyer was adamant that Landry's parents would provide no help finding Gabby, so they were expecting no help from them finding Brian. And on September 30th, FBI returns to Brian's home in Florida. They were looking in the camper and going into the home, according to reporters on the scene. The attorney for Landry's family said that the FBI is collecting some personal items that belonged to Brian. According to the attorney at the time, there is nothing more to this. And on September 30th, ABC News obtains phone call records. They obtained 46 pages of records from Northport Police for calls of service at the Landry home September 10th to September 27th. Police say they were not 911 calls and some were initiated by police officers. Two calls were made on September 10th, the day before Gabby Petito's parents reported her missing, and three calls were made on September 11th, the day she was reported missing. There is no information on who those calls may have been regarded to. October 1st, a new body cam video of Gabby Petito was released when they were back on the road in August. Petito looked at visible bruises on her body as the officer questioned her while she sat in the vehicle. October 5th, Gabby's family speaks out on social media. Gabby Petito's family joined Twitter Saturday to post emotional messages in tribute to the 22-year-old, including calls from her fiance, Brian, to surrender to the police. Petito's mother, Nicole, wrote on Twitter, Mama Bear's getting angry. Turn yourself in. October 5th, Cassie Landry pleads for brother to return home. Brian's sister, Cassie, spoke out executively to ABC News in the wake of her brother's disappearance and following the death of his fiancée, Gabby Petito. Cassie says the last time she saw her brother at the Florida campsite with her family days before he was reported missing. She said she had no idea anything was amiss and didn't realize at the time that he had returned home from his road trip without Petito. I really wish he had come to me the first day with the van because I don't think we'd be here, she said. I worry about him. I hope he's okay. And then I'm angry. I don't know what to think. She pleaded with him to come forward. I would tell my brother just to come forward and get us out of this horrible mess, she said. October 7th, Brian's dad joins the search. They were searching and looking for connections with Gabby's case. Law enforcement says Chris wanted to direct them within their reserve to a spot where he claims Brian might be hiding. attorney released a statement saying Chris was asked to point out any favorite trails or sports that Brian may have used at the preserve. Although Chris and Laundrie provided this information three weeks ago, it announced that one side assistant may be better. The preserve had been closed to the public and Landry as well, but the parents had been cooperating since the search began. October 12th coroner says Gabby Petito was strangled as the autopsy results of Gabby Petito were announced that she died from being strangled. He said her estimated time of death is believed to be three to four weeks from the time her body was found. On October 17th, Gabby Petito's foundation holds the first fundraiser on Long Island. This is a mission statement for, for the Gabby Petito Foundation. Sunday's fundraiser raised 13700 for the foundation, the family attorney said. And on October 20th, a medical examiner was called to the park. Brian's parents, along with the FBI and local authorities, found some items belonging to Brian off the trail that he went frequently. October 20th, possible human remains were found. Investigators have recovered what appears to be human remains at a Florida preserve near backpack and a notebook belonging to Brian. The FBI confirmed new details in Florida on Wednesday. Is it Brian's body or is he still out there? Back to the story, on October 21st, Brian's remains were confirmed. The Landry family attorney, Steve, released the following statements. Chris and Roberta Landry had been informed that the remains found yesterday in the reserve are indeed Brian's. We have no further comment at this time and we ask you to respect their family privacy at this time. As the development brings to a close, a massive five-week search for the man sought a person of interest in Petito's murder. And this is from the Petito family attorney. Gabby's family is not doing interviews or making a statement at this time. They are grieving the loss of their beautiful daughter. Gabby's family will make a statement at the appropriate time when they are emotionally ready. That is all we know now about Gabby Petito's death and what really happened between her and Brian. Was he the one who strangled her? Or was it someone else? We are all dying to know what really happened, but this timeline sums it up pretty good. This is all of the in-depth information that we know around the case of Gabby, Petito, and Brian Laundrie's death. As they are still investigating, both of them are now dead. And Gabby's seem to be on purpose. But by who? That is the end of this true crime case. We will release more updates as we get them. And again, this is what happened to Gabby Petito. Alright, y'all. Thank you for listening to The True C- Crime Case. And we are so excited for this next part of the podcast. Because guess what? It is time for a spooky story. Halloween is in less than a week. And we are so excited. And Oh, i Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Um, Again, I was like, there's not enough podcasts with just some spooky stories so we're gonna read one to you if you guys have any spooky stories please comment them or comment that um or comment your email so we can email you and then you can email us your story because we really want some real good spooky stories that happen to you or to your friends so comment that and then we will get that so um we are going to be reading about the the um the mysterious man in my backyard and just a disclaimer this is not from me this is not in my backyard aka this is a story that somebody has sent in so no it is not my backyard so we're gonna go ahead and get into it hey guys i just wanted to say i'm in love when you guys read scary stories you should do them, like, once a month. Anyways, this is a bone-chilling, scary story that happened to me, and you can say my name. Alyssa. Aw, oh, thank you for saying that, and um, I'm sure we'll be doing them a lot more than once a month. We were going to be doing them, like, um, just for October, but you know what? I'm going to do them all the time because I love it. So thank you, Alyssa, for sharing your story, and we're going to go ahead and get into it. Guys, let me tell you, when I read this, I was like, oh, my gosh. There's a difference between reading stories like this and then reading stories that you just find on Google because, like, this just makes it more real and more like, oh, my gosh, like, that happened. Like, what? Oh. So thank you, Alyssa, for sending in your story. And we're going to go ahead and read the story. <clears throat> Let's get into it. I love the fall. I love the fall air. Bonfires crunchy leaves, and sweater, swe- oh, excuse me. sweater weather. Guys, I've been reading so much, my words are just slurring together. I apologize. I especially love late nights in my backyard around our fire pit, but now I don't. It all started when I invited a couple of my friends over for an outdoor fire pit and dinner party. We were all sitting outside around the fire pit, and it was pitch dark outside. We were all talking and laughing at each other's lame jokes when we heard something, something so startling that we all looked at each other right in the eye. We turned on the flashlight on our phones and was shining them around the backyard. My friends shook it off, but for some reason I just felt uneasy. Red flag, if you feel feeling easy, girl, you are probably right, because go with your gut. <laughs> go with your flipping gut. Oh, my gosh. I tried making excuses to get them to go inside, but nothing worked. So I went inside alone. About 30 minutes passed, and nothing was going on. So I decided to go back outside. So I went outside with the girls, and I still felt uneasy. I went outside and sat with my girls, and still felt uneasy. I felt like someone or something was watching us. Then we heard a voice. Sounded like a man. We didn't know what it was, but we were not going to find out. I finally convinced everyone to come inside. We went to open the door, but it was locked. Oh my gosh. Of course it was locked. Oh my gosh. (sighs) When I came out, I for sure did not lock it. We walked around front to see if the other door was unlocked. But it wasn't. So us girls were trapped outside while it was pitch dark and we were hearing things. I started to think of where we could go. Then I remembered my mom's car keys were in my jacket pocket. So we all got in my mom's minivan and just waited. We were thinking about calling the cops. but My friends kept telling me, what are they going to do? My friends were saying, so we're just going to sit here all night? Just before they could finish talking, a shadow on the house appeared in front of us. Seconds later, an older man appeared in front of us. He was shining in the headlights. A man with fixed, unfixed hair, old jeans, and a ripped flannel. We called the cops, a minute later, we heard sirens. Still standing was the older man. And then finally, he slowly started to walk away. Police started to investigate and found clothes and food near the creek down in the bottom of my backyard. He had apparently been watching everything me and my friends were doing. I still can't process what was happening. We don't know how long he had been there or what his intentions were. We haven't seen him since, and to this day, I do not go outside alone. Thank you so much for reading this, and if it's on the podcast, hey! Love you guys. xo, Alyssa. Um, Alyssa. Alyssa. Girl, I would have been out of that house. Can you imagine? Like, it's one thing to, like, think somebody's watching you, but to, like, actually know that there has been somebody, like, staying in your backyard. No. No. That doesn't go well with me at all. I hate that. No, I hate that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. No, I hate that. That is, ugh. Girl, you are strong because I would be freaking out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And, again, if you guys have any stories, make sure to share them with us. And thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Um, Again, let us know what you want to see next, and we are so excited to be doing this podcast. Thank you, guys, and we will see you next week.